0: everybody welcome to the q a podcast uh where we answer your questions my name is mike and i am here with our senior pastor
1: yep it's gonna be great today it's a good introduction here with our senior pastor christian that's me i'm christian yes
0: um we we've we've already been having
1: fun discussions so far, so this is gonna be good um <laughs> I don't have a good feeling about today
0: <laughs> so yeah it it is it is funny how today feels off a little bit for me too um so I don't know what it is. maybe it's the fact that you you don't have your maroon sweatshirt on, maybe you hoodie. your hoodie
1: that is at home. I always feel when I go back and I watch these things i it feels You know, I compare it to me on the stage when I'm preaching and I feel like I'm very boring in this context. And then I wonder if people watch and think, is he like just showmanship when he's on stage? And the thing is, like, I really feel like when I'm on stage preaching, that's finally when I get to let my proverbial hair down and just be me Mm -hmm. and yell everything I want to yell and just let loose. So if anybody watches these things and thinks I'm boring, I'm sorry. I'm really not. Well, Just, I'm trying to hold myself back all the time. Sure, and there's it's a completely different context as well.
0: Context, you know, being on stage. In we should front write of, a book called "Context" versus having a conversation sitting down, talking into him. Yeah, for a podcast. So, anyways, um, this is the Q and A podcast. We're off to a good start. We are. This is where we answer your questions. And so, um, hey, if you are watching uh, on YouTube, oh, by the way. You can now find uh, the Q and A podcast on Spotify and Google. Um, we do have an RSS feed, and so you're able to search uh, Expectation Church Q and A podcast. I do not believe we're on Apple yet, but we're making progress. We're making headway. We're getting there. Um, yeah. So,
1: I think Apple podcasts are hard to do.
0: I, I don't do. I don't do Apple. Uh, I do. I, I prefer Spotify. Is my my preference um, when it comes to podcasts. Um,
1: what what speed do you listen to your podcast at? Depends on the podcast. Mm. And I don't really listen to very many podcasts. I listen to more audiobooks. Mm. Okay. And it depends what it is. So I just did, I'm doing Watchman Knees, The Normal Christian Life right now. And I have it at 1.25. And then I just finished Dietrich Bonhoeffer's Cost of Discipleship, which was way over my head. And I started out at one and a half, but I had to slow it down to 1.25. When I watch a YouTube video on how to do something, it's almost always double speed. Okay. I wish YouTube would let me go faster than two times speed. Yeah. So. Yeah. <clears throat> like when I really need to soak something in, it's one and a quarter or one. Right. 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 You, what speed do you listen to? I bet you process really Same. fast?
0: It kind of depends. Uh, but for me, it it kind of depends on the... Somewhat somewhat the content, but also the person presenting the content. So sometimes you have someone who's who speaks really fast in their room, and it's and it's if you speed that up, it's gonna be harder to take it in versus sometimes you have people that talk a little slower. Um so typically with podcasts, it's at least one and a half. Sometimes I do double uh depending on on what it is. I think with I think with Spotify, I think you can go up to three times. Um which it's a little that's a little too much for me. But yeah. Um, do you pay for the spotify service uh so i technically even though i've recently graduated still am under my my student um uh, they have a, uh, a student discount okay uh, so i was able so i'm still technically on that which I, I don't know when it runs out i should check that but so yes but um same thing with I had a Hulu account, which was, it was actually a, a dual package, um, Spotify and Hulu, um, student thing. Um, you so, should try
1: to get an endorsement for us talking about hey, Spotify be, and Hulu. That'd be great.
0: Yeah. Spotify, if you're listening.
1: <laughs> which they are. How could they not? They are. We are um, enthralling. Okay.
0: It's not going to question there. Um, Speaking of questions, if you have a question that you'd like to ask, you'd like to submit, we would love to hear from you. Uh, We do read every single question that comes in. um, And so if you have a question you want to ask, you can always text 703-957-9884. You can text us your questions or you can email questions at expectation.church. And we see all the questions that come in. Um, and we've got previous episodes where we've asked other questions. Uh, and so you can always go back and find one of those as well if you're if you're new to the podcast. Um, but we have a couple of questions for today. We'll see how many we get through. But uh, you ready? We'll jump let's right in. do it. Okay. All right. Let's go with this first one here. So first one was texted in and it says, supposedly Albert Einstein wrote, coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. And the question is, how do you
1: discern the presence of God in your life, big or small? I am confused by this question. Are they saying, do I discern the presence of God in my life in a big way, or do I discern the presence of God in my life in a small way? Or are they asking, how do I discern the presence of God in my life in big things or small things? I would think it's the second. That was, that was the way I interpreted the question. Okay. Yeah. Then technically that should be big and small, but that's okay. I can, we can, we can go with that. Um, yeah, I, and even oh, whenever you ask these questions, it's like I have a, a ton of stuff happen in my brain and then I just have this little mouth and it can't all get out. And so it all just gets stuck. That's what it feels like. There's a word for that, but I'm not going to say what that word is. Okay. Um, all right. How do you discern the presence of God in your life with big things or, or, and small things? Um, I don't believe in um, true randomness. I And there's some actually really cool things uh, in computer science when you're going, when you're trying to make randomness. Randomness is actually one of, it's very elusive. In fact, there are tests that you can run on sequences of numbers to determine randomness and stuff. So I, I think True randomness is actually pretty elusive. And I think that the Bible teaches that we have a um a God that is infinitely concerned, um, I think in all things. So, you know, he knows the number of hairs on our head, fearfully and wonderfully made, that no matter which how how far you go into, you know, our creation, into biology, cell structure, and even the the structures within cells, and on, no matter how far down you go you just keep finding these increasing orders of complexity and, and what I would argue is beauty there. So how do I discern the presence of God? It's one of those things. How do you discern the presence of of anything? It's there. It exists. So I believe that, you know, that that quote um, from Albert Einstein coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. I don't think God remains anonymous at all. I think God is constantly, uh, Yes, God does speak in a gentle whisper, but God is constantly proclaiming his existence and that the fact that he's real, um, it, it says that through because of Jesus, through Jesus by him, all things are held together. So um, the fact that this table doesn't disintegrate, the fact that all creation exists is a testament to God's presence. So I discern the presence of God literally um, in everything. Um, and I don't believe it's a passive presence. That goes back to the whole... Um, I think it was Thomas Jefferson was, that was a big fan of the whole, um, clockmaker theory where God made the clock and then he let it run on his own. Um, you know, some people in biology go back to the whole, God started the evolutionary process and then let it run on its own. And, you know, there's all these schools of thought out there. And I just, I just, whenever we read about God and we see God, if he's so concerned with us that he would, um, willingly let his son who was also God. And so Jesus would willingly surrender and submit to a humiliated death on the cross. If he's that concerned, if he loves us that much, I don't think that he's just let anything to chance. Mm-hmm. I think he's infinitely involved in our lives. And so oftentimes when you when you talk about how do you discern the presence of God, oftentimes it's it's not a question of is God at work or is God not at work? It's do we have a blind eye and a deaf ear to what God's doing in our lives? So how do I discern it? Well, that's, it, how do you discern anything? It exists. It's there. Do you see it? Um, so on a practical level, I know a lot of that was pretty metaphysical. On a practical level, I, even this morning when I was journaling, I wrote down, you know, the prayer from Ephesians, you know, God enlightened my heart, open the eyes of my heart so that way I can see the 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 riches that I have in my inheritance with you. That way I can see the the hope that I have in the calling you've given me. And that Mm -hmm. way I can see the power that I have. These are all realities. These are all the presence of God in my life, my value, my, my power and the hope, all of that is real and it exists. Mm -hmm. But sometimes because of the my cares, my troubles, whatever, I go, I grow blind to it Mm -hmm. or callous to it. And so you know prayer is a way to open your heart and Really, I I just depend on the presence of God. That's a good way to put it. I depend on the presence of God to show me the presence of God in my life. So how do I discern the presence of God in my life, big or small, by the presence of God? Ooh, that's deep. You're welcome. It's good. It's good. Um,
0: well, I think that there's a little bit of a a, a trap there sometimes too, because even you know even we were just talking when we got started about how we don't have a good feeling about today. Yeah, and. Sometimes people can, you know, associate feelings with the presence of God. So... Do you think God
1: speaks through our feelings? Sure. I think God created us as emotional beings, you know, put that in us. Um, Okay, so let me ask you about that. Now just returning the tables. That's not how this works. (laughs) I'm the one with... (laughs) My... I was taught this. I've been brought up in this, and I don't know that I agree with this. There are, there's a prevailing school of thought in Christianity that says, um, people will will make decisions about their life based on if they have a sense of peace about it. I just feel a sense of peace about it, so it's okay. Mm -hmm. Or I I don't feel a sense of peace about this, so I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Whatever the it is, Mm -hmm. do you think that is, um. Uh, do you think that's how the Christian life should be lived?
0: Do I think that's... Um, well, okay. So it, for me, it goes a lot deeper than that. Um, that's not the right question to ask.
1: Okay. I would someone say. comes to you and so, says, ooh, "Someone comes ooh, and says, 'Mike, I've got I a job know, for you.'" I know. I know. I know what you're getting at. Okay. So, <laughs> Will excuse me. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, a lot of it comes down to, I think, I, I like that they use the word discern, right? I think that's that's important. Um, and I think that there is a direct correlation sometimes with discernment and discipline. Um, what does that mean? Right. So, in an attempt to discern something, assess what you're, how you're, disciplining yourself to an extent. So <clears throat> feelings are in my from my vantage point a very poor metric to go off of and base decisions on. Um because your your feelings can be all over the place. Um and just because you know you feel something doesn't necessarily make it true, make it right, um it is, it's a it's a it's a poor thing to make go make decisions off of. But um, So for me, you know, there are disciplines in my life, right? And so being able to discern not just the presence of God, but the voice of God, being to discern the will of God in my life. So the the disciplines that I'm trying to make sure I'm always moving forward in are, you know, so how does God speak to us? God speaks to us through his his word. And so am I being disciplined enough to spend time reading God's word? Because that's how he's going to speak to me and that's how I'm going to discern the voice of God and that's how I'm going to find more find out more about what God's will is and what he wants from my life. And so making sure that I'm I'm practicing those disciplines and that it will enable and help me to determine the voice of God in my life. Now I I also believe that you know for every person who's committed to following Jesus like you have the gift of the Holy spirit. And so there is something like God's spirit lives in us. And so I do think there are times where, I don't have a piece about something, or I do have a piece about something, and I do believe that God's Spirit can help guide us in that, but I have to make sure that I'm I'm separating, is this just my human flesh and feelings that I have, or is this really the, the Spirit of God that is trying to speak to me and do something? And I find that through my disciplines, I'm able to discern better. So, spending time in prayer, spending time in God's Word, you know, and also, there's so much value in surrounding yourself um, in a community of people who are close to God and connected with God and who carry like wisdom and who, you know, can offer a different perspective. There are so many things in my life that, you know, I've, I've had maybe issues discerning, but it's because I'm, I'm in it. And I can't see the bigger picture, maybe. And so, being able to sit down with someone who's trusted, and I, you know, I value their insight, and I know that they have a good relationship with God. And being able to have a conversation of, "Hey, here's what I'm experiencing. Um, here's how I'm feeling." You know, here's my thoughts and, and ha- just having that conversation and having someone that can bring value and maybe help guide or maybe, sh- you know, show something or reveal something and just give added insight into maybe things that I have blind spots to or weren't able to see myself. Um, and so <clears throat> it's kind of that, you know, yes, there are times where I don't have a piece about something or I do, um, but that's not like the sole factor that's going to dictate what decision I make. There's so much more that goes into it. Uh, and, but I do find that if I'm, if I am staying disciplined, you know, even things, I mean, even physically, you know, if I'm, I, I find that when I'm, when I'm actually, you know, investing in myself and caring for myself in that way, right. When I'm eating healthy, when I'm getting enough sleep, um, when I'm exercising, like I, there, I have so much more clarity, I feel, um, in, in discerning the voice of God. And so, you know, it, it's, <clears throat> making sure that I'm, am I, am I doing what I, everything that I need to humanly speaking, and then depending on God for everything that he does, um, uh, that only he can do uh, in the spiritual realm. Right. Um, and so I think it's, I think it's a balance there of a lot of things. So I don't think it's, that's the the one factor to go off of, but there's, there's more at play.
1: How do you make decisions when you're not being disciplined? In other words, I don't mean when you're not getting in trouble. I mean, when you're not living the disciplined life that gives you the clarity and the the better discernment, what do you do in the situation where you know you're not being disciplined? You know you're not doing what you should be doing. You're like Paul in Romans when he said, that which I hate to do, I do, and that which I know I should do, I do not do. What a wretched man I am. When you're in that place, and I think we've all been in that place where you're faced with a big decision, you're faced with discerning the will of god but you know you have not been walking in discipline you know you have been walking in his word you know you haven't been praying you know you haven't been spending time in community and then you get a decision that you wish you can't rewind time and go be the person that you're supposed to be so you're prepared to make that decision so what do you do in that place mm. that's tough you
0: know um i do think that is where, where again, like. Having, the, like to me, so much of that is the importance of community, of having people around you um, to add insight and you can rely on. Because there are times in everyone's life, I think, when, um, you know, obviously you go through hardship and you go through difficulty and you go through trials and there's a tendency to, when you experience some of those things to want to isolate yourself and to pull away from everything and from everyone and, and to shut down. Um, but you know, that's the natural trend or maybe tendency or, or the feeling that is leading you. Um, but it's so important for you to fight against that and to lean into not being isolated, but being insulated, like insulating ourselves, um, with community and with, with the people around us again, uh, to speak into our lives. And that's, that's tough. That's really hard. And, and, I think also even when you even when you are being disciplined there there is no 100% I I know for sure. <laughs> you know, um that that this is a d- definitive thing, you know, that this is the job that that I have to that I I need to take and um there's I think there's always there's always going to be an element of faith. There's always going to be this dependency on God, you know, and I think you do your best to gain insight and to gain wisdom and to calculate and make sure that you're being a good steward of whatever it is that you have to make that decision. But at the end of the day, like everything's going to be a step of faith. And there are times I feel like more often than not, at least where I am right now, like for me, I do my best to gain as much insight, gain as much wisdom, but there's only so much, (laughs) the more that I'm willing to give God, the more he can do with it. And so to me, I'm always like, well, I'm at least, I at least want to try and step out in faith and believe that if this was the wrong decision or if I made the wrong move or if I'm going to fall flat on my face, God is big enough to redirect me and to work all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to Uh his purpose Um, rather than being riddled with fear and always isolating myself and never doing anything. Um, And so it's a difficult question. I think um, it depends on what the decision is too. You know, obviously not every decision has the same impact, uh, right? There are different levels to decisions that are life altering. And, you know, what am I going to have for lunch today? Um, and so, it depends on depends on the decision. And I think the bigger the decision, the, the more discipline that you should be putting in time. If you can, you know, if it's a massive one and you haven't been putting in that time, man do your best to put it off, you know, um, get, get back into those routines of man spending time in God's word, spending time in prayer, having conversations with, with trusted friends and family and people that can speak into your life, um, before you do that. Um, but again, if it's, if it's something smaller and and minuscule, then not so much.
1: I think that exposes one of the, one of the failings of, um, christianity in that when we talk about community we have to mean more than attending church Mm -hmm. and oftentimes we don't have you and i have talked about this we have with what especially the the cultural atmosphere of where we live right now um let's talk about vaccines it's a great example there are so many people and i'm like this joker that's in the middle that there's so many people out there that They're just so excited. I I got my first shot. And when I went to get my first shot, I was this stranger girl sitting next to me asked, you know, is this your first shot? And I was like, yep. And she goes, aren't you excited? I'm like, so what you have is like there's these two camps where there's people that like, you, you know, they're on a mission to make sure everybody in the world gets vaccinated. You have to get vaccinated right now. If you don't get vaccinated, we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. And if you're not getting vaccinated, you don't care about humanity, you don't care about others, you're being selfish and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, there's camps that's saying this vaccination thing is the mark of the devil. It's the mark of the beast. It's mm-hmm. government oversight. It's government control. Um, if you get vaccinated, you're being a pawn, this thing changes your DNA, it's going to, you know, make you grow a third ear and there's, you know, it goes on and on and on and on. And if you step into that spectrum and you say, I got vaccinated, people think that you're one extreme or the other. And then they have these, all the preconceived, they've, they're, they they are attaching an identity to you. Mm-hmm and the culture that we live in now identities are so incredibly polarized mm-hmm. that you can't you can't have an opinion about anything without becoming a part of a militant group right. or a militant group opposing you um and so it's a very polarized culture that we live in i think that is that okay, okay. so put a pin in that hold that right there One of the things that happens in Christianity because we're people is if we have a a brother or sister in Christ who's really struggling with something and they come to us, are we actually willing to stop and listen and receive this person? Mm -hmm. Um, Or are we going to formulate a response that just says, go read your Bible? Mm -hmm. Um, Are we going to formulate a response that just says, well, let's pray about it. And I'm always going to say, let's pray about it. But it's not going to be a, Lord, show this person what to do, amen. Yeah. Like, Are you willing to actually just, the Bible says, bear one another's burdens. Mm-hmm. Are you actually willing to take that what that person's going through right. and walk with them? So in Christianity, oftentimes in churches, we're not. And what we have is a lot of people who are afraid to open up. And because they're afraid to open up and talk through these things and suffer and struggle with each other, um, they keep them to themselves, mm-hmm. and so intimacy is lost. yeah we also have people who won't accept the struggles of others mm-hmm. because of what was over here, right they already have the preconceived notion they already have the they already have an opinion about whatever it is, yeah, and so we're not willing to just stop and listen and open our hearts to people, yeah, um. So we're not willing to open up our hearts to others and share. Mm-hmm. We're also not willing to open up our hearts and receive. Mm-hmm. And so we have this, it's just a a, a perfect storm of, of elements, perfect storm of conditions that make intimacy truly difficult. And that's why it's so important for us as the church, as Christians and as believers, um, we need to be willing to, have open hearts both to express and open hearts to receive and to walk with people. And when I say all that, it sounds very touchy-feely. It sounds very, you know, one of the, I'm sure there's people who think, oh, he's, he's talking about being affirming, which... I am talking about being affirming, but even in, like I said, that's that stuff over here. Affirming is a code word. It means one thing and everybody thinks they know what I'm talking about when I say the word affirming. Yeah. And I hate that. What I mean by affirming is literally the word affirming Yeah, to let people know that, you know, I'm with them. Yeah. I'm not against them. I am for them. Right. All right. that said, though, without a trajectory towards the holiness of Jesus Christ. Mm. It will leave us empty and void and eventually fail us. Mm -hmm. We cannot be an affirming community, a truly affirming community, in every sense of of what that word means, to affirm and to build each other up, an edifying community. That's probably even a better word, to edify. We cannot truly build each other up without the holiness of Jesus Christ. We have to constantly... be living in that sanctification that he has for us Mm -hmm. that he is working so marvelously with us these are the the paul says in ephesians the these are the the riches we have in christ the Mm -hmm. abundance of riches that we have in christ this is the glorious inheritance that he has for us this Mm -hmm. is us being made new yeah we can't suffer and bear one another's burdens unless we're willing to open up and -hmm. share those burdens with each other Mm -hmm. and unless we're willing to open up and carry those burdens with one another. Yeah, And we can't carry those burdens unless we're placing them firmly upon the shoulders of Jesus Christ, our Lord, mm-hmm. and trying to live in his holiness. So we're supposed to bear one another's burdens. And that, that whole idea, doesn't mean just to hold them. To bear something means you're, you're walking towards something. Mm-hmm. Why am I holding this? Why am I carrying this? Where are you going? Mm-hmm. And where we are going has to be the person of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So with all this crazy culture that we live in right now, which you and I have talked about this lots of times, how, you know, and it's not just that, you know, schools, for example, um, it's very difficult to pastor through this. Because <laughs> um, you yeah. say, school should be open. Just that s- sentence yeah. alone. Yeah. Well, you hate teachers and you want them all to die. Right. Um, right. Or, you know, just... Yes, it's, it's the polarizing. Oh, that's yeah. just ridiculous! How could you possibly think that? That right. whole phrase, that's just ridiculous, yeah. exposes the fact that we are not willing to open up and receive and actually just listen what the other person's trying to say. That's right. Maybe there is a teacher, and maybe she is terrified of going back to to school. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm gonna te- I'm gonna share an example, and I don't know how we're doing on time. But, um, when I got up, and I don't remember. I heard, you you can stop me if I've already shared this in the podcast, because then okay. it's repeat. Um. That week that I got up and I told everybody just to wear your stupid mask, Mm -hmm. Um, I had a communication that week and the craziness is from two different people who shared the same name and similar medical histories and had children with the same medical conditions. It was nuts. And one person just said, I get it. I understand where you're leading from and it's extremely difficult, but... I'm going to hold off on coming back to church until we don't have to wear masks anymore. Cause I think this is ridiculous. And the other person said, I get it. I understand where you're coming from, but when you're telling people to put their dang masks on and I, the, the, I was standing on the ground of, there's a lot of people resistant to wearing masks because they think it's, you know, yeah. not necessary. And I said, look, if the government has a rule for us, that's not a call to sin, right. We need to follow the laws of government. Right. Book of Romans, you know, it's, it's night and day. Yeah. So I just use that to say, the government says we're supposed to do it, and it's not against a viol- it's not a viol- violation of God and His sovereignty. Then just put your name mask on, and we'll get through this. Right. And her response was, "Look, I get it. I understand why I had to say it, but when we feed the poor, we don't do it begrudgingly. Oh, God tells me to, so I have to go feed the poor. We do it because we have the heart of Christ. Mm-hmm. Wearing a mask could be framed in the same way." we do it because there are people who are legitimately maybe not from your perspective but from their perspective they're legitimately afraid right now mm-hmm. and if wearing a mask can help this person to not be afraid and can affirm this person yeah. then maybe we can do it out of not an act of obligation but an act of charity which is more Christ like obligation or charity well of course it's charity um it's Charity is another way to, to translate love from 1 Corinthians 13. So I get these two emails and I just felt like a, a schmo because I, I believe they're both right. And they're both in this, this, I don't know if schmo is an actual word. I don't but know either. Up there's another <laughs> word I wanted to say, but I've been told it's a bad word in Yiddish. So I didn't say that word. Um, I said it once to a customer at Home Depot and she was actually Jewish. And she said, do you know what that word means? It's like, it means like idiot, right? She's like, no, we need to talk. I speak Yiddish. And I was like, okay. So I don't say it anymore. Anyway, um, uh, these two camps and both were from very, had very strong opinions um, and both incredibly justifiable, reasonable, understandable. I'm not saying one was more extreme than the other and one was more, you know, right or wrong than the other. I think they were both standing on solid ground. Right. If we want to be a a community that affirms people and that builds each other up, that goes beyond affirmation into edification and builds each other up, we have to do it with the the heart and the compassion of Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's what will edify our community. That's what, if we want to make those, um, what is God's will kind of decisions Mm -hmm. and learn from each other in community to be able to discern those decisions, that's the kind of community we have to have. Now I will say at the end of the day, I still have great relationship with both of those yeah. senders of the emails. Yeah, I've interacted with them. We've traded emails back and forth. Yeah. Um, even uh, went and had dinner at one of them's house, which I'm trying to be anonymous with everything. So every, there is Christian understanding yeah. and charity there. Yeah. Um, so I will call that a win. Yeah. I think it was good, but we have to be careful in the church to understand what is our our primary objective is it for ourselves is it for the or the glory of christ yeah and as long as we're in a trajectory for towards the holiness of christ that's what allows us to open up our hearts to each other and that's what allows us to receive what's happening with each other and if we refuse to share with each other or if we refuse to edify and affirm Mm -hmm. others Mm -hmm. then we miss out on the holiness of christ which is why we're here as a church it's good. That was a long speech. It was good. It
0: was very good. Um Yeah, I don't have too much to add to that. That <laughs> was great. Um You started it. Well, no, I think that's good. I feel like honestly, we've 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 covered a lot. Let me I, I a few quick thoughts, and I think we can honestly just keep keep this one for today because some of the other questions are pretty big and I think would would send us on some long tangents too. I don't know. So we'll do some look, follow-ups. Look, here's um, this next
1: question. Can you lose your salvation? No. Okay. What's next? Okay. <laughs> Great. Done. <laughs> it's a deeper question. We'll get it next time. We'll get it next time. Okay. All right. But
0: real quick on that. I think we do live in a very polarizing, divisive time. And you have extremists on everything. And I think at least for the people of God, um, people who claim to, to to follow Christ, we just have to be very careful Um with with that sometimes because we live in this, I think it, it's kind of this, it's this weird dichotomy of you do have the extremists who are, you know, all in on their thing. And this idea of if, you know, they're so adamant about being against the other, whatever the other side may be. And there's also this along with, because so you have these extremists who are just, you know, willing to kind of blast, um, blast away. And, on the other hand, you know, we're kind of in the midst of this whole like cancel culture thing. And you know, I think people some people are are afraid to say anything cuz you know the results that might come from it. And so I think there has to be, you know, there has to be there there has to be a uh, a space for people to be real like and for people to be open cuz I think if we feed into that whole we'll just cancel everything. I I I don't see that as being healthy. I think that's going to lead to people being fake because no one's going to want to really reveal or show anything, and I think everyone loses when that's the case. Um, if no one's you know if no one is really opening up, and be, I think authenticity is so valuable. And I think that we but but we all but we have to we have to allow that space for you know both sides to be able to have have the conversation. And I think yeah. you. You know, any anytime, <laughs> anytime you have anyone who is saying this is the one side and this is the only side and this is all that matters and that's it. Anytime you have someone who it's like it's it's either this or that, it's either it's either one or the other. The, the, to me, like it just it just shows a, 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 a like l- limited capacity. Because there's there's all there's you know anyone who wants to make it black and white. There's always gray. There's always a middle ground. There's always like a lot going on in the middle. And so we just have to be really careful with that. And I think, especially within the church context, I think we just have to understand like people need to be our heart more than anything, you know? And so whether we, whether we agree or not, um, like you don't, you don't, you know, we're just having a conversation with some people the other day about someone who just started coming to their, to our, someone who started, who started attending our church and they enjoy the community aspect, but they're like, you know, I don't really know where I am on this whole Jesus journey thing. And I kind of love that I was, I, you know, and, and the, the phrase that kept coming is like, Hey, you don't, you don't have to believe to belong. Like I want you here. I'm so glad you're here. And like, we can be friends and like, like this, like I want to invest in this relationship, regardless of where you're at, on where you stand with what you believe. Um, and so I think we need to always make sure, because I mean, you look at the life of Jesus too. People, you know, people, things were divided back then, and people were always trying to get him into what camp are you in? Are you on this side? Or are you on that side? Mm-hmm. You know, and you you kind of have this this split audience all the time, of right? The religious teachers and the Pharisees, and then you have the the prostitutes and the sinners, and it's kind of like they're always like, hey, where? Where do you fall? Are you this or are you that? and and, and Jesus was never willing to like fall into those things and, and play those games, and yet he had a capacity for everyone. He loved both the sinner and the saint. and so I think we just have to to be mindful of that you know and it, it is really difficult to to kind of navigate the waters that we're in right now within our culture. but I think more than anything, you know we just have to understand that man there, like there's nothing more valuable than people. And every single person, you know, we need to do our best in approaching to see them the way that God sees them. This is a child of God, um, and regardless of where we stand on how we see things and what we see, and I always want to do my best to try and understand where you're coming from and have sympathy and empathy for whatever it is that you might be feeling or seeing. And I and I and you know, it's another thing too, just in trying to always trying, seeing seeing a difference uh, or, you know, difference in opinion or, or a difference in perspective. This is an opportunity now for me to grow because I don't see it the way that you see it. Uh-huh. And I can so easily just say, you're wrong.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Or I can say, help me, help me see this. Th- I want to see what you see because I'm having a, a hard time. So this is an opportunity for me to expand my capacity and to, 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 to see things like that versus, you know, like you just said, I I hate that phrase. Well, it's just ridiculous that anyone would think or believe, you know, like there, there really is no such thing as common sense anymore. Like there is no commonality because everyone is so divided on, well, you know, and, and it's not, it's really not ridiculous for anyone to think anything these days. (laughs) And so to just use the phrase, well, it's ridiculous that anyone would say it's ridiculous that anyone would think, I mean, is it, it's, it, To me, it's not because again, like you have so many different varying views on things. And so it's, it's don't, don't default to that. Well, it's just ridiculous. No, like, why do you think that? Mm -hmm. How are you seeing this? Help me understand. Right. And I think having that compassionate heart for things, um, I think that enables us to grow. And I think always approaching things, like you said, just kind of from this, this vantage point of, man, I just. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to lead people to Jesus in every single conversation, in every single interaction. And so just being careful not to fall into, I guess, the the trends and and um the current of of what can easily happen with with the culture that we're in, but making sure that we're always staying
1: connected and allowing God's spirit to guide us in that stuff. See, everything that you just said. I have all these red flags flying because I hear the code words that I know that there are those out there that are hearing. So a lot people would hear what you just said and say, oh, he's, he's on a slippery slope to relativism. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Meaning that your truth is not my truth mm-hmm. and their truth is relative. Right. So, and I, the fact that I even feel like I need to go back and say, oh, well, look, we believe that there is an absolute truth. There is a black and white. There is one way to to know god and that is through jesus christ period end of story that's like if if you you can if you want to argue that we can argue that but and i'll i like you said i'll I'll listen to everything that you have to say but i'm not going to be knocked off of that foundation that is jesus christ but i say but maybe and would be a better conjunction to use and so if there is a black and white People still live in a lot of gray. And Paul even speaks to this. He calls them disputable matters, not letting ourselves be divided over disputable matters. Mm -hmm. There are things that (sighs) we get so wrapped up into what you said, this camp or that camp, Mm -hmm. that we lose sight of what truly matters. Mm -hmm. What does truly matter? Well, uh, let me give you an example. I said this to my wife the other day, and she's like, amen, which if I can get an amen from my wife, that's something, because she normally doesn't say that. Um, People like this, go back to the vaccine thing. People are so passionate Mm -hmm. about other people getting the vaccine. And my thought, where is your passion about people hearing about Jesus Christ, about people seeing, not just hearing, but seeing the love of Jesus Christ in your life? Mm -hmm. You care more about salvation through vaccine than you do about the blood of Christ. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Now that's harsh. That might get me an email and that's okay. Um, Conversely, let me just pick on the the other side where people say this is all government overreach and government control and it's gonna change your your DNA and and on and on and on. And I get it, I get it. We are so passionate about opposing Mm -hmm. the other side. Why aren't we just as passionate about opposing the things that stand against God, opposing things like uh, um, the fact that people are dying hungry. Mm -hmm. Why are we so passionate about opposing the vaccine, Mm -hmm. but we're not as passionate about uh, um, uh, opposing homelessness or hunger or things that we, uh, do you know these things break Jesus' heart? Of course we know. Jesus told us many times to have compassion for others and compassion for the poor and compassion uh, for for uh, heaven rejoices over the one sinner who repents. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I what I said to my wife, I said, one of the things that breaks my heart about the situation that we're in now is it really feels like we're putting all our hope in the abilities of man mm-hmm. and not in Christ. Mm-hmm. So again, even as these words come out of my mouth, I know there's people thinking, amen, and that's why I'm not getting the vaccine. I'm like, ah. It's not what i'm saying at all yeah. i got the stinking shot yeah. none of our trajectory is not about our opinions our trajectory where we're going what do we want do we want to win people to our side or do we want to win people to christ
0: yeah
1: that's where we have to be mm-hmm. and we will always have this natural pool in our flesh in our hearts and our desires to make it about winning people to our side, getting people to agree with us and opposing those who don't agree with us. Mm-hmm. And that is just not the ministry of Christ. Yeah, yeah. For me, I've, I like that word that you said, expanded a lot. I've expanded definitely a lot over the last few years. And it took some people who were willing to go through the process with me yeah. and who were willing to say, all right, Christian, let me hear what you have to say. Yeah. And just let me get it all out. And then they would say, "Okay, can you listen to what I have to say and then let them talk to me right But that shared experience that we had with each other, yeah, helped expanded expanded helped expand both of us, yeah, not so that we could be more um the end goal was not so that we could be more open minded and accepting of all. And it helped expand both of us. So that way we could have a greater appreciation and expanded appreciation for the holiness of Christ and what it means to live for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when we get so wrapped up into our side, we begin looking at our own inner walls rather than the loss that Jesus wants us to reach. Mm-hmm. And he does want us to reach people with his absolute black and white, completely objective truth. Yeah but there's a lot of people suffering and struggling through a lot of subjective truths mm-hmm. that we need to be willing to suffer and walk through with them so they could come to the one objective truth that is Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Two, two quick, very practical things
0: that I just want to add to that too. Um, one um, you mentioned, you know, having those conversations with those people. Right. And here's, here's, here's where I'm going to lay out everything and then sitting and listening right back to what you have to say. I think there's such a level of maturity in that. And I think we have to be really, really careful And this, this kind of can go so many different directions a little bit, but just in terms of this is it's so simple, but, but conversing with other people, and how to do that in a healthy manner, because I think with that, in the days of social media, when everything is one way, oh, and I, I no. can just blast, right? But also, even in conversation with people, and this happens in relationships, you know, this happens in marriages, this happens in friendship. Like, there's a tendency to, as you're sharing, there's not an intake, there's a, a wall or a defense mechanism, or um, like, I'm, I'm already articulating how I'm going to tear down. What it like? I'm already this. I've already made my decision, yeah. And I'm I'm developing how I'm going to fire back, versus again having that trying to understand, like trying to expand and and understand how you're seeing it and how it's impacting you and trying to put myself in your shoes, Mm -hmm. trying to see it from your perspective versus just like, it's kind of going in one ear and out the other and all I'm going to, I'm just getting ready to fire back. And then two, I would just say, I think there is something kind of hardwired into us sometimes uh, when it comes to, you know, when someone is sharing something like there's this, sometimes this, you know, this feeling of being attacked or um, a lot of people have, you know, a very emotional response to a lot of these things, right? And so, so many people allow that to drive what comes next. And I would just say, anytime that you're in a conversation with someone, anytime you read something, anytime, you know, anytime you have that moment of you feel something reactionary, like you're like that gut just like oh like you want to respond like or you want to react and you don't want to respond like anytime something like that happens try your best to assess in that moment why don't don't allow yourself to be a slave to your your reaction your feelings your emotions but try and dig deeper why am i having the Mm -hmm. response that I'm having right now, because more often than not is usually something deeper. There's something beneath the surface. And if I can like, and, and if I, if I skip over this moment and I, and I just jump to just reacting, I miss out on that opportunity to maybe figure out there's some, there's more, there's a deeper heart behind the matter here. It's, it's not just what they're saying to me, but there's something else that, that I'm, you know, having this response to, and may, I might need to to spend some time really figuring out, man, why, why am I so upset about this? Like, why am I so upset about this? You know, and just allowing yourself to have a little bit, you know, of that deeper thinking, um, and trying to get behind the heart of the matter. And I think anytime that we're, we're able to do that, I think, you know, we get better and we grow, uh, we learn more, uh, understand more. I don't think that's ever a bad thing. Um, but just again, one, so, Trying to really truly I, I like, so a lot of people listen, but they don't hear what you have to say. So what do you you know try and really hear, and then also ask them that question: you know, Why am I having this response? And try and dig deep.
1: I'm a big fan of the the paraphrase method, where when you are in that conversation with somebody, hear what they say, and then repeat back to them, paraphrase yeah. back to them what you heard. Yeah, and you keep a lot, and you're going to be amazed. I always tell this in premarital counseling: um, You say back what you heard. Yeah, and it might feel Tedious or annoying at first, mm-hmm. but what you're gonna find is when you repeat what you heard, that's not what the other person said, right, And it gives them an opportunity to clarify mm-hmm. and it gives you an opportunity to understand them better right so yeah, to speak to your first of the practical methods, I'm a big fan of just just paraphrase just say what you heard to the person you're speaking with. It's good and give them the chance to clarify and also gives you the chance to listen, listen before responding, right instead of responding while you're listening, yeah, it's good. it's really good cool you can hashtag it hashtag
0: it hashtag <laughs> yeah. awesome i'm down with the socials uh, very active hey you posted yesterday twice oh, twi- oh, twice i missed one of them i know i didn't back. know
1: how to add a second picture to a picture <laughs> i'd already posted <laughs> i'm only on instagram
0: yeah on the ig it was good being active it's great <clears throat> well if you want to be active with us on social media, the you church can is much, much more active than me at Expectation Church, um, and we'd love to to interact with you. Uh, ask us more questions. Ask us more questions. This has been good. Um, this is today's. I, I you know I think this was really good. Uh, but if you, if you yeah, if you, so if you do have a, a question, see your um, feelings were wrong that they were <laughs> right. It's not a not a good indicator. But if you have a question you'd like to submit, you'd like to ask, you can text it again to 703-957-9884 or you can email questions at expectation.church. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Q&A podcast. We love you guys. We hope you have the best week and we'll talk to you soon. Okay,
1: bye.